Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rugby League Talks. I'm Keegs. I'm Jacob. And today we're back to talk about our rookie players, you'd call them. Uh, we finished off yeah. our 2023 squads over the past six weeks. That took a little bit, but now we're here. We're going to get some new content in, uh, original. Yep. So, Jacob, take it away. This was your idea. What are we going to do? So what we're going to do today is we're going to, both of us have five players that we're watching out for that are under the age of 21. Uh, and the reason we're doing this is not really just to necessarily jump hype on players, but because we've got the preseason trials coming up soon. And usually early on in the trials, you see teams throw in some of the younger players and they do go on to become pretty pivotal players in some teams. For example, we saw... Uh, Tom Chester for the Cowboys, who played fullback in the trials, and he then on to he then went on to make his debut during that season. Uh, some other players we saw Cooler over at the Manly Baringer Seagulls. He played very well during the trials, and he earned himself a spot in the full team. Yeah. Uh, we've also got guys who, despite not cracking the first grade sides. Young Guns who played those trials and then went on to play really well in Queensland Cup. So it'll be interesting to see who the players that we're talking about in this episode, in particular the guys who may have made their debut, may have not made their debut, but most likely they're going to be guys to watch out for for the next few years within those developmental pathways, or in my case, guys to watch out for, particularly in the second tier comps, if they're not making their debuts. 100%, uh, and we both know that developmental of young play players now is so pivotal to a club's success. First and foremost, you got to mention Penrith Panthers and what they're doing. Their developmental yep. system that was developed by Phil, Phil Gould was exceptional. Uh, they won every tier this year, from SG yep. Ball all the way up to A grade. Um, we've seen it with the Doggies now. We've seen it at the Roosters. The Storm, they've always had that. Cowboys have gotten really good. It's just a shame that um, the Cowboys don't have a lot of opportunities to play those young playmakers, like the so that um, like the Buck squad, like the Young Gun squad. They only play like three games yeah. a year, but they are learning, and they do have those camps. Uh, there's a camp early December, late November around then, but um, allowing to establish elite pathways for these younger blokes is so pivotal. I love it. Uh, we both have our little hands in it. Uh, I, for one, have uh, helped mentor, coach, manage some players. Uh, as you know, Jacob, he's uh, watching nearly every Q Cup game as he works for QRL. Um, yep. As a what, what would, what's your title? It helps substitute uh, on inter- interchange official, interchange basically. Official. So, not not really watching every game, but I am seeing games at different levels and I do try to watch every Q Cup game that I can in my own time. So um, I'm obviously very passionate about footy at the Queensland Cup level and I also do find quite interesting the counterpart over in New South Wales because I do like to watch a fair bit of New South Wales Cup games whenever it's on. See, this is is my opinion. New South Wales, they have... I, I think New South Wales is the better state for developmental, I would say, because they, they have those different levels of playing, like SG, Howard yep. Matz, New South Wales Cup, A-grade, of course. They have them. However, I don't think they focus a lot, like, 
statistics rise. Um, put they don't put a great deal into it on the New South Wales Rugby League side of it. QRL they put a lot of time and effort into the young guns um, over there. We really have Hastings Dean Colts and um, Q Cup. Unfortunately, that's really only it at the moment. There's there's also Malmeninga Cup, Malmeninga. which is the level below it. Malmeninga and so and Cyril. Yeah, Cyril Connell. Cyril Connell, yeah. So we have them, but compared to New South Wales Cup, which have the SG ball and Howard Mats, it's getting there slowly, but there's a lot less opportunities over in Queensland, I would say, for players to want to like develop under clubs. Because mm-hmm. you can only play Malmeninga until you're 18. You can only play Hastings Gillen Colts until you're under 21s. And if you don't have a spot... If you don't make a spot for a Q Cup after that, there's nowhere really else to go, unfortunately, I would say. Yep. But we have picked 10, 5 each, that we think will have a real hot crack. I've actually done some something different. Um, well, not different, but I've tried to stick to a young gun that will not play yep. Q Cup or New South Wales Rugby League this season. I've picked two, two, two Q Cup guys and two... New South Wales Rugby League guys, so we'll go one one by one uh, with Jacob starting first. So Jacob, who do you got first up? So the first player that I wanted to put in, this is a pretty obvious one to anyone that paid attention to the World Cup, is Isaiah Katoa. So if you don't know Isaiah Katoa, he was a Panther with Junior Junior initially, but recently he has moved on over to the Redcliffe Dolphins. So, for all the talk about not having any marquee signings, I actually think this is a massive, massive coup for Raycliffe. So, Katoa, he was mostly playing in the level below New South Wales Cup. He didn't get much time in the main adult competition because that's mostly where Penrith's developmental halves were because I know that Sean O'Sullivan and Kurt Falls were playing lots of footy there. They kind of pushed out the space for Katoa. But he did get called up to play the New South Wales Cup Grand Final and he performed really well. Uh, in addition to that, there's also the round 25 game against the Bears. Yeah. Yes. Also, this ma- one is sorry to yeah. cut you off. It's a, I think it came at an awkward time for this um, because Katoa. I personally, I think um, Penrith wanted to develop Katoa more. Like you can see, they wanted it. They only signed Kurt Falls for a two-year contract, and that was at the start of the 2021 season. So his contract is actually done with Penrith now. They haven't re-signed Falls, um, which leaves that 5-8 spot open, as well as a halfback spot open, because Sullivan and Falls are no longer with Penrith, uh, with O'Sullivan being at Dolphins as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how Penrith shape up their halves combinations you could see Jamin Salmon take up one of those spots. Who knows? You could see something different. Yeah. So, something else I is I got this one wrong. He didn't play in the grand final. He played in the semi-final against the Knights. Yep. However, he did have that round 25 game against the Bears. So, he would have been going against Sandon Smith in that game, I believe. Uh, here's his performance. He played 80 minutes. They won the game 22-14. to 14. He scored a try, forced two dropouts... Uh, had two try assists, one line break, and two tackle breaks. All that touching the ball 44 times, and he ran for 74 meters while making 20 tackles. So, oh, he got some traffic go his way then. 
Yeah, well, he he had a lot of traffic go his way, but he only had three missed tackles and he made 20 of them. Right. So that's pretty impressive considering New South Wales Cup. You're playing against grown men. Um, but what I find most impressive is just his output there because he also took on the majority of the kicking duties for 296 kicking metres. And for a guy that's coming into his first ever New South Wales Cup game in that game, that's you know that's a really, really impressive showing. And you can see why there's a lot of promise around him. Not just that, but the fact that he was playing for Tonga in the World Cup is also another promising sign. The fact that he was chosen and selected basically to be going against a heap of grown men, really. Because and... the majority of those guys, they don't... You don't usually throw in a kid of his age against them unless you really have some belief. 100%. And you also have... He's also versing guys who have shown... Got a lot of experience. Like uh, they weren't in his pool, but like he would have been. Like he could have gone up against Bateman, George Williams, the entire Australian squad. He went up against um, Samoa. Like, and we know how good that Samoan team was. Uh, yep. Especially their forwards. Their forwards were, I think, the best part with um, a Luai masterclass in the England game, the semi. Um, but yeah, do imagine being. Was how old is he? He's only 18, right? I think so. He's either 18 or 19, I believe. Imagine being only 18 years old, being the starting halfback for one of the greatest rugby league nations in the world. Yep, he's 18, and he'll be turning 19 on the 18th of February. There you go. And he's been signed by one of the best coaches in history. He's shown what he's got in those statistics that you... Uh, we're talking about earlier. Mm. To have so much faith at you in a young age is unbelievable. You know, you look at the greats early on in their careers. Jonathan Thurston didn't have any faith in him. The scouting report was like he can't tackle. He he wrote, and it was like stuff like that. He can't tackle. He he's not NRL level. Too small. He's too small. Fuck. He he won two premierships, four golden boots, three Dallyms, and is going to be a future immortal. Uh, same as Billy Slater. He got s- switched and chopped out of every backline position known to man. Um, he was just a kid from Innisfail, I believe. Um, drove 18 hours to a North Devils tryout. Um, but yeah, just... And then he, he slowly got some faith in him and he got... And he didn't even play Origin for like four years. Remember that? Billy Slater yeah. didn't play... Origin for four years, but then to have this much faith in a kid with Katoa, if Rain Bennett is looking at you and going, "Holy shit, this kid's going to be a future star," we know Penrith would have further his development development if he didn't sign with Dolphins. I believe um, you don't put a kid in that's only eighteen in a semi final if you don't believe in him. Pretty much, so. Props to him. I, I, you said earlier uh, before the podcast started that we probably won't see him play this year. Uh, if he, if we do, it will be um, that someone's injured. I think because I think uh, Milford and O'Sullivan will be starting halves for Dolphins uh, at yeah. this current moment. So allow Katoa to develop more in Q Cup as you go on. And see where you're at 
uh, midway through end of season. Because um, I don't know how long Milford has signed with the Dolphins for, but he could. I I could see Katoa being his replacement once he leaves or retires. You know, I'd say if he leaves because Milford he's not, you know, he's not that old. He's he's twenty eight. He turns twenty eight this year. Fuck really? So yeah. Jesus, people, he's been in the league for a while. Yeah, people forget just how young Milford was when he was reaching his peak. So I wouldn't be entirely surprised. Speaking of Milford, he looks incredibly slim in the new Dolphins photos that have been released. Uh, I genuinely can't remember the last time I think I've seen Milford that slim. I know that everyone says this every year, how he's training house down, but he he never actually looks the part. This time he does. Um, on top of that, I actually think that O'Sullivan is more likely to be the one replaced. And this is a rare opinion. Really? You won't find this, but I do. I don't... I, O'Sullivan, I think he benefited heaps playing at the back of Isaiah Yo and being able to play with Luai at the back. I don't think he's going to see the same level as form as he did over at Penrith. We'll have to wait and see. I think his kicking game is definitely golden. He can definitely do some good things with the boot. But in terms of making those attacking reads, I feel like if Isaiah Katoa is absolutely tearing it up, he's going to be playing halfback because that's his position. Yeah. Um, he's not, he, he gets typecasted as this 5'8", I think, because of his running ability, but he's definitely a 7. He's a guy that can steer a team. Oh, 100%. And make those reads specifically from first receiver. So I feel like pairing him with Milford is probably going to be a better option if he does go to play 7, because I think there's more creativity in that halves pairing. Okay. Um... Which is, once again, you know, it's a rare opinion, uh, but I, I don't know why it's a rare opinion, considering that between Milford and O'Sullivan, I think, you know, only one of them has really shown a high level of NRL football to the level where they've made an origin debut, and that's Milford. Okay. And you're you're reuniting him with Wayne Bennett, who generally gets the best form out of players that are quite turbulent like Milford, so... See... I'm not... Yeah. I... I've spoken about why I think O'Sullivan is going to be good for the Dolphins. I haven't thought about the Isaiah Yo situation, which you've made me think about. Not that. many did. No. Not many did, but think about it. Even with Hastings at 13, Brooks looked pretty good for a few games there. Yeah. Um, we speak about how, for example, you can look at Lachlan Ilias and how he's benefited playing out the back of Cameron Murray. Which we have it's, spoken on the podcast before, and we have made a post yeah. about it recently. And that's something that I think people forget about when talking about Sean O'Sullivan and Penrith, is yeah. that you look at Nathan, Nathan Cleary, I think, is different because he is able to really take over a game at first receiver. But I don't think that Sean O'Sullivan can play in a similar manner, because if he's constantly first receiver then it kind of brings his decision-making more under the spotlight, if that makes sense. Yeah. And because he's first receiver and he constantly has to make reads every time he touches the ball, basically, whether he's meant to go outside or inside or whatever. And I think if he starts to stagnate the attack more, then he's not really going to have the kind of space or even the field position based on Yo digging into the line to really get away with that. Yeah. And to kick. 
getting into that field position, get into a jail kick to do all those little nifty kicks he can do. I, I see. Not just that, but also like getting over the advantage line on each play. Yeah. Because you give it to Yo, and the ball goes forward about five meters before it gets passed. I can definitely see where you're coming from, and I, I it's a great point. It's very smart, and I'm, like you said, I know a lot of people have thought about it, and that's the thing with the Dolphins now. You don't see a playmaking lock. You don't see a ball playing nope. lock. You got, it's nope. basically been confirmed that Tommy Gilbert will be playing lock position, and we all know he's going to be a hard-running motherfucker. Like, he he won't pass the ball, uh, the, the ball play. But yeah, I definitely see your uh, point there. And even now, thinking about what I've said a bit about him before, I said um, in the Panthers preview that at times when O'Sullivan was on the field, it looked as if clearly he was on the field. Which I thought, now that you say it, could be because of Isaiah Yo. I, I still believe that O'Sullivan is going to be the long-term half for Dolphins, simply because of like his kicking game. His kicking game's phenomenal. Um, and we have, sp- we have been critical on his playmaking before, which I will admit. Um, especially reading when to do an inside ball um, with... He kind of just spams inside balls sometimes. Yeah. And it, it just, it, it's looked really weird because usually the guy who he's throwing it to, there's no line, no one's expecting it, so it kind of just and stagnates the attack. And that's what we spoke about with uh, having Kafusi on his side of the field. Um, but it it will be interesting to see how his development will go. Will go. Now, they verse the Cowboys on the 20th of February, which is only a couple, like, two to three weeks now. So, it'll be interesting. Last year, Cowboys played their B-grade side with, like, Chestnut, Mock, uh, Jack Burke, Lip, Riley Price. It'll be interesting to see what the Dolphins do. Will they play their little junior squad, or will they try and play the majority of their their, uh, best 17 with their spine? GMK... O'Sullivan, Milford, and uh, Test have a little go and see who will be the better fullback out of Isarco, um, Hammer, and New. And we'll, we could also see Katoa play. So that will be the first big spotlight in the NRL. Of course, the World Cup happened, but this will be his first big spotlight, I feel, where everyone will know where he is because he's playing the first game of, in a Dolphins jersey. Um, so that pretty much sums up what we can say about Katoa. Who's the first player you're going to go for? So I'm a, I think it's Katoa as well. I think. Um, I actually got rid of Katoa. Um, I just okay. realised because I thought you would have done it, and, and yeah, I did. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I do have another five. So okay, brilliant. I'm going to go start really young, like. I'm going to start as a Young Guns. Now, this is a Young Guns for the Cowboys. This is uh, the bloke I'm going to talk about is Henry Tiatau. Henry Tiatau mm. is a prop. He's only 18 years old. He's from New Zealand. Uh, he's with the Cowboys Young Guns squad as we speak. He was actually a part of the New Zealand Warriors Academy a couple of years ago, and then Cowboys signed him, and he actually came to Townsville and started playing footy for the Cowboys, and he went to Iggy Park, where he won the Aaron Payne Cup, and 
the Confraternity Shield while also making the state grand final where they unfortunately went down to Ippy State High um, mm. in the grand final. Uh, he was a pivotal character in the Iggy squad this year in both Confraternity and Aaron Payne Cup. He is massive. And when I say massive, he has tree trunks for legs, mate. He can come off the back fence and hit four blokes and tumble them over. Like, this is... He's fucking huge. And I think you've watched him before. And the way he just carries into the defensive line and can win tackles, get on the advantage, get on the front foot, get fast play to balls, it's spectacular to watch. He also... And for a big forward, he actually has good ball handling skills, which is what you need. Mm. Um, There was a... Shape they used this year, it, it was, uh, they'll do a long, at hooker, they'll do a long pass to the first receiver, which would be a prop, and then they'll do a short pass to uh, the second core forward to shift the defensive line and um, make them stagnant in defence. I think the Broncos use those two pass shifts a lot with Carrigan at first receiver, then getting it to either Haas, Flegel, or Jensen. They did, yes. Um, it was which is weird because they didn't use two pull, two pass shifts much, but when they did, it was generally within that framework. Well, in saying that, Chad Townsend did his little column for Bulletin, and he said he was like Broncos were like third in two pass shifts. Yeah, I think it was third bottom actually. Third bottom. Okay. They they knew that they weren't doing it much. Well, with Henry, not only is he a two-time Premiership winner, in one year, I must add, he also represented NQ. He represented NQ this year, but unfortunately the tournament was a bit scuffed in Gold Coast because of Rever. So they could only really play a game and a half, and then they picked a Queensland squad out of that for some fucking weird reason, which was idiotic in my opinion. Um, mm. they probably just had that squad written down before the tournament was played. But he was, he's also great in defense. Like, the amount of times he just laid people out is ins- was insane. Like, they're talking fullbacks, other props, like anyone on the opposition. But what it really gets me about Henry here, while he's a, a fantastic player, amazing player, he's also a great club person mm. he has this strong moral character around his team um, being there to witness it you saw him come into the side not knowing a lot of people and then he just blossomed he had a lot of fun this year and you could see that what everyone could get around him he is a lovely person he's so caring and he will lift why he doesn't do a lot of talking, it's his actions, and it inspires people to do other stuff. He was, mm. uh, he he would play majority of the game. Like he would get ten minutes rest, and he would be like, "All right, get me back on," and he'd just plow plow through blokes. Wow. Yeah, he did not get a lot of rest, and when he did, he'd just sit down, drink water, warm up again, get back on the field. Uh, there was a moment. In, I think it was the game against Kerwin. Yes, he got sent for 10, unfortunately. 
and he was all down about it. But when he got back on the field, he just he kept doing the work rate. He he just kept going. He kept going. And then when they ver- when the grand final happened, he had a busted hand. He actually fractured it the game before. So he said, "All right, tape it up," and he played through it. So Jeez. he showed that camaraderie. Is like, I'm not going to let you blokes down, so you don't let me down. And he just kept working through it. He played like 45 to 50 minutes, and these are like seven, like 60 minute games, I think, from what I remember. It's it shows how much the Cowboys have reached now, because this is a bloke who is from New Zealand who moved away from his family in New Zealand to come over here and play for the Cowboys. It And his developmental has improved a lot, especially in his ball handling, as I mentioned. He it was a big focus issue with uh, a lot of the boys in the forward pack to improve that ball handling skills because we wanted to have that ball movement throughout the middle. We had a big solid mm. foot front row, but we also needed that ball handling to help with um, scattering defensive lines and allowing for other players to get on the back foot. So mm. Henry was one that stood out to me a lot this year. Um, he got player of the carnival at Confraternity. So he was player of the tournament in a tournament that was a week long. So we played, what was it, four games in the first two days. There was some pretty fantastic players at Confro this year too. Yeah. Um, I believe you watched the grand final and I think it was either you or Tunza that said to me, Iggy Park front row is a cheat code and Henry was one of them. Yeah, it probably could have been me, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Tunza because I do remember watching Henry play and hearing more of his story as well, you do get real Jason Tamalolo vibes at some mm. points um, in terms of the influence he brings uh, on and off field. But the work rate that he does it out with the amount of minutes he's playing is really scary for other teams. Yeah. Uh, not much rest. And yeah, watching him play, I was like, this guy's a wrecking ball. And like you said, just how easily the team was getting on the front for it. Well, they're... I don't know what happened. I don't know why they didn't change their game plan after like the third time, second or third time. It was against Iona, which is a Brisbane school. Yeah, I know them as I'm a winning boy, so they're they're pretty close to me. So yeah, well, in our first final game, what we reversed Iona, and they kick off, and they kick it down to Henry's end. Mm. So our five eight, our five eight catches it and passes it to Henry. Henry's coming off the back foot. Remember, he's like he's coming off the back fence. He plows yeah. through the second rower and gets like another ten to fifteen meters before he's stopped. And then we do our sets, we score a try, and then it comes back again. Second time, boom! Henry takes another hit up after kickoff, and the third time, boom! Fit fourth. Fifth, sixth, they just kept fucking doing it for some reason. And Henry is out there smashing these blokes. I'll, I'll, I'll clip it in um, the post I'm going to do about Henry, but it was so mesmerizing because no matter how many blokes would try to tackle him, 
anywhere, anytime. He would just plow through them. So mm. he had a lot. He, he was a big, big bloke for us this year, both in um, mentality and physicality. Um, I know for certain a lot of boys did not want to come up against him, um, especially some of the Cairns blokes. Um, he, in fact, he got asked for a birth certificate. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that was pretty fucking... That was funny. We laughed about it. But, um, yeah. It was a joke from the official, but we, um, that's just how destructive Henry was. Yeah, no, it's... I think I, he's definitely an absolutely massive bloke, but we also see a lot of the times that some guys excel in the younger grades just based off physical attributes... Yes. And don't really improve their skills. But we will obviously spoke about his ball play. And so and his leadership. So we're not just talking about a guy who's just checking in, checking out. It's a guy who's doing everything he can at his age level. And usually it's those guys who do tend to progress more through the developmental systems. And it's a um welcome trait now for front rowers and any forward really to have ball handling skills. We see mm. it with uh Isaiah. Fisher, uh, kick out. Notice who I'm mentioning. What team they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but to learn it earlier in at his age, being only 18 years old, it's gonna do wonders throughout his career. It's also gonna help how teams can center his attack around him. Um, you you also have like we've spoken before about what stops a unsuccessful front row pack. Uh, we've mentioned dragons. We've mentioned um, manly sometimes. Um, I know uh, a recent signing for the Broncos. While while okay, I think what they're missing with Martin Tapao, which is who I'm I'm talking about, is how he doesn't have a lot of ball handling skills. Um, he's just a give me ball I run forward and he's his presence in the game has been lacking because of it because of the way the game has evolved I feel but having a prop who can ball play is going to be fantastic in the future for a lot of teams Uh, Ruben Cotter is one that I would like to mention um he has an engine that never stops running and he can just run the ball, pass the ball whenever he needs to. But you're, you're the Cowboys fan out of it. You you would know better than anyone how good Ruben Cotter is. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's kind of crazy how much we also haven't quite unlocked with Cotter yet because he was the hooker to prop convert. But on top of that, he... He's not really a ball-playing prop, per se. He really does like to just run it. However, we do see him take up some of those plays where he runs up at first receiver and they go for a two-pass shift. Mm. And it reminds me a bit of some of the plays that used to be drawn up with Paul Green and Jason Tamalolo, where he'd get the ball and then he'd kind of shift it across so that way defenders don't know whether he's going to run it straight or whether it's going to shift further. Yeah. Um... I think it's also just a Cowboys thing now. How they've learnt how to like that's what that's what their game plan is to with front with um their forwards. 
Um, of course, we've seen more JT himself, Tamalolo, take on some ball playing attributes this season. Uh, the Bronco, the first game against the Broncos comes to mind. Um, he can also just throw a really nearly cut out if he needs to, like a long pass, which is funny. <laughs> the the try assist to Pedahiku against the Sharks—that's absolutely remarkable. <laughs> I also want to point it was it was a left to right spiral, nonetheless, which is always generally a player's weaker pass. So the fact he's able to throw a cut out from that distance is it's pretty neat. Yeah, it's it's oh, you love it. It's a good thing to see how he's evolved. Uh, it'll be funny to see because I think I've seen it before this season where he kind of comes out at second receiver almost and plays like a 5-8 type role, which it's not something that gets commonly used, but whenever we're in the t- attacking zone, I've seen the play drawn up a few times. And it's mm. so fascinating to see all the different ways that Peyton has used Jason Tamalolo because they're all really creative. Yeah. Uh, using his attributes to the team's advantage using their one-on-one attributes, which is uh, what Matty Johns mentioned in the one-on-one interview, kind of like what Tim Sheens did with the 2005 Tigers. Yeah, exactly. Because that was that was an incredibly crafty team. You know, they were doing everything. And Todd Payton himself as a forward, he had some pretty silky hands. Yeah. Um, and I think Todd out of everyone would know how important and how effective silky hands is within a forward yeah, because he was never one of those athletic beasts of forwards. Because, you know, players in his era, we look at guys like, you know, Sonny Bill Williams. Um, Mason. Willie Mason. Yeah, some other fantastic props. Pedro Sivanesiva. Oh, absolutely gosh. massive. So the guys that, you know, Peyton was going up against and playing against, it's it's pretty impressive that he was able to have such a long career, and it comes off the back of his skill and just his smarts when playing footy, I think. What I mentioned smarts around um, the 11th of November, by the way. I think you know what Oof. I mean. You, 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 tricked yeah. me. you tricked me last year. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's one of those things we're just going to leave it if you know, you know. Oh, Oh, no, 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 I'm not going to leave it. Uh, if anyone's listening uh, and is like, what the fuck are they talking about? Look up uh, uh, Todd Payton Memorial Day. Just, I'm just going to leave it at that now. Um, Jacob, who's your second fella? For... So my second player is, this is going to be another more obvious pick. I'm going to go with Jack Howarth uh, uh, over at the Melbourne Storm. He sent shockwaves to... Everywhere earlier in 2022, when Storm announced they're going to re-sign him until 2027 on 500k per year, when he hasn't even played a single game of first grade. It was very unstorm-like. It's pretty crazy. It is very unstorm-like, but you'd think that they only do this if there's a lot of faith in him and his attitude. Because we've spoken about Jonah Pezzett and other sub-junior... Remarkable Ooh, player. Look at, yeah, um, great player, great attitude. But Howarth, he's also been playing a lot of Q-Cup. Um, he actually started all of the season playing center. And when he was at center, he did have one game against the East Tigers where he had 10 tackle breaks, 65 post-contact meters, 149 run meters. So he was just, as a center, he was taking a fair bit of runs. He touched the ball 17 times. But... 
at second rower. He was touching the ball less. There was one game against the Dolphins where he then had six tackle bars, 73 post-contact metres. Uh, he touched the ball 18 times the most all season, and he ran for 159 metres, all of them off hit-ups. So you can see he's a very... He's a good line runner, and he's a pretty big body as well. Uh, 193 centimeters, 105 kilograms. Holy huge! Is, yeah, pretty massive. So, it's having him as one of the stocks of second rowers for Melbourne is going to be pretty good. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether he does make his NRL debut this year. But what we do know is he's been performing in a very high level in Queensland Cup. Uh, he's someone who they've they've really depended on to just get up the field in terms of line running a lot of the time, mm. and that's something you know he averages 101 running meters, which is you know it's pretty decent. Um, but the fact that he does so much of it through not only his hit ups but also he can play in the back line because he, despite his height, he does have pretty decent footwork, lateral speed, which is really what you want from a second row in the modern game. Uh, we see guys like Jeremiah and I who, instead of just using brute power, they actually use their footwork and craftiness in their line running. Uh, and in addition to large frames, it helps them become really hard to tackle. Because halves, when they go to make the tackles, you know, he's one second he's in front of you, then he moves a few inches to the left, and he's got this burst of speed going. So I think that Howarth, he's definitely got a very good toolbox, and it'll be fascinating to see how well he does... Um, when he gets to an NRL level. He was never targeted that much in defense. The most tackles that he had made all year was 30, which, you know, in the NRL, we sometimes see second rowers making, like, 50 tackles on a mm. really busy day, 40 or 50. So it'll be really interesting to see what kind of work rate he takes on in that sense if he does get NRL time. But other than that, there is a reason that the Storm have invested in him so much. Hopefully he does get a crack during the trial games for Melbourne and it'll be really good to see if he debuts because another thing about Jack Howarth is that I'm pretty sure he's a Queenslander. He's a so, North Queenslander, he's from Townsville. Yep, he was he was born in Mackay. Um, I don't know of, so, you know, Jack Howarth, that's something you really want to see, especially if you're a Queenslander because Felice Kafusi is not getting any younger. However, someone's got a pair now. 100%. I also, like, the way he described how he attacks and what he does and what his uh, favourable attributes are, he could be a great pairing for Munster now. Uh, since K Kenny Bromwich mm -hmm. has left the Storm and gone to Dolphins. Yeah. Um, if Katoa, if um, Elisa Katoa doesn't perform like they expect him to or want him to in the early rounds of the new season, we could probably see a Jack Howarth debut at certain... It could be on off the bench, but... um. We could possibly see Jack Howarth make his uh, longer rated debut or his his debut that everyone's been waiting for. Um, what you mentioned, though, he's played a lot of centre last year, which is good because like Storm had a lot of injuries in that centre position last year um, and couldn't like stick someone into that position all year, except Olam, mm. so he could shift to centre if need be, uh, to cover someone, but, but honestly, I, where would you honestly want him at the Storm? I, I think favourably at the second row position now that a lot Absolutely. of the 
uh, stocks at second row have now left the club. Yeah. He's he's a second rower that can play centre. So you think of the Kurt Capewell, uh, Jeremiah Nanai in juniors kind of mould. Um, he's definitely not an out-and-out centre. You, you want him to play second row because that's where his best footy is. Well, you mentioned his line running, and this is where it's got me thinking. Do you play him on the right side with uh, Hughes because of how good uh, Kafusi and him work together? Or do you use his ball um, footwork ability and his ball handling and put him on Munster's side? Because you know, uh, a lot of the time, Munster would do a short ball to Bromwich and it would allow him to stamp all over some people, or you could use Bromwich off the ruck, or off the um, ruck to have that time and space for other players, uh, or the scrum. They use Kenny Bromwich a lot in scrum plays as either a short ball person, a line, a line runner, uh, decoy, any of them. So it could be interesting to see where Harris fits into the storm within the next few years. Also... I think you just play him where it be a have to, to be honest. Okay. Um, could that be because of like where Storm are at now with their depleted second row depth or um, um, injuries? Probably just because they, they don't actually have to play him anywhere right now. Okay. Like, they as it Tarek stands... And Katoa. Yeah, they've got Tarek Sims coming in, they've got Eli Katoa coming in. This is on top of the second rowers that they still have left over. So they're not really in any rush to debut anyone. And I think that's the best way to go about it with young players. Yeah. Don't You don't have to rush them into a debut because we see what happens with some guys getting their confidence absolutely shattered. Yeah, um, 100%. So there's... You don't really do it unless you need to. I mean, you look at even Jeremiah and I, despite the fact he absolutely killed it at a young age... The only reason that he ended up making that debut when he did was because he had to, because the Cowboys had so many injuries at the time. Yeah. And that's it's similar fashion to Hill and Lukey. And you want them to be able to play Queensland Cup and work on things in their toolbox. And then as they get to the NRL, you don't want it to be at that point where they're learning how to do support runs or when they're learning, you know, certain plays or whatever. Yeah. Do you want them to be doing that just at a stage where they're adjusting to the pace of the game? 100%. Yeah, I definitely get... Like, we've spoken previously in the, next, in the past two weeks how crucial developmental is, and Storm know that. They are very smart, and by keeping Harith in Q Cup for the time being is probably the best solution. Uh, they, he, they could have well and truly done it last year when Storm were like fucking losing players left, right and centre, unfortunately. But they didn't. They stuck to their um, morals. They stuck to their precedents and said, no, we're not debuting Harris. They're going to use what we have currently. We need, he isn't there yet or he just he, we don't need to rush him, which is smart. Like, they lost so many centres and um, it was unbelievable. Like, they lost Jennings... Uh, Smith, Iomia, um, and two other blokes I can't remember off the top of my head, two injuries throughout the season. 
they also uh, well they had um also um Pattenhausen was obviously lost all year and that meant that Meany had to shift to fullback at some points which opened up that wing spot yeah and that um who did play wing on the left hand side but that's that's usually Warbrick the junior who people beg to play wing at Melbourne ah uh, yeah yep 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 because I know because Coatsy got injured in game one of Origin for eleven weeks or something like that. Yep, he did spend a lot of time injured as well. Yeah. Um. Alrighty, was there anything else you want to mention about Harris? Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not particularly. But I just think that if he comes into the NRL fray, it'll be through playing trials, and then he'll earn a bench spot at some point. Yeah. Um. Great thing about trials. You just see some young, some young and up and comers, and you can just see what all the fuss is about. Um, exactly. The second bloke I have is actually someone who's been in the news recently, and he's a great uh, Q Cup player, and that is Alfiano Khan Pereira. Now he's with the Titans. He's currently playing, but uh, he played with the Burley Bears previously in Q Cup. He's 21 years old, so I just slipped him in. Um, So he's only... Funnily enough, he's only made 20 appearances throughout his Q Cup career. And only one was in 2021. And then the other 19 was in 2022. Now, from those 19 appearances last season, he made 25 tries. Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus Christ indeed. And he is a speedster. Um, he's been tipped to, to debut round one of this coming season. Uh, he has a 68 win percentage, so he played 19 games, like I said, and won 13 of them uh, while also drawing. So he lost, about, he lost five games. Uh, he sc- now, this is a remarkable fact. He scored 16 points in the, his loss to Mac, the Mackay Cutters last season. Uh, the Burley Bears scored 34 that game. Jeez. So he he nearly scored half of their points. And watching him play and watching his highlights recently has been, um, like, dumbfounding. He he's a winger, if I, and. He, his speed is what allows Burley to do the things they can do, like with their kicking, with their chases. There was a moment in one of the games, I think it was round four of Q Cup, I can't remember who they're versing, but the defensive line of their opposition is just rushing up on them, rushing up, and their 5-8, I can't remember who their 5-8 is, you'd probably know, but he spots a chink in the armour because the second rower came out of line a bit too early. So he puts a grubber into the backfield and Piera comes through, sprints through the entire field and puts it down in the corner before it goes out of touch. There was also uh, in round eight with against Mackay Cutters uh, when they actually won this game. He scored a full-length try. Uh, the cutters knocked it on after a high kick contest. 
and the fullback for Bears were able to get about 10, 20 metres out of his line, and then Pierre just burnt everyone else. He actually broke three tackles. Through that. Wow. Yeah. He, like, this This bloke is insane. He is wicked fast. You, and with Thorin coming, um, I know Thorin didn't do a lot of the kicking uh, with Manly, but even with Boyd, we've, we know how good, how big Boyd's boot can be. So you can get, like, a punt downfield and you just have Pierre chasing this. It could be, like, Saab 2.0. At least for the one Saab year where they were able to use him well. Yes, the one Saab year. And I'm talking about his debut, like his first full season at Manly. But no, um, I don't know how tall he is. I, he's definitely shorter than Saab, but he's got the speed. And I've seen, we've, we've seen a lot of ringers now. Having that speed is crucial. We've got Fox, Hammer, Saab, um, who else? Savage, you can put Savage, but he's a fullback, really. Um, but yeah, we've just seen all these young blokes coming through with their speed, and and teams are utilizing their speed to their advantage. We know Burton uh, sometimes used his kicking to allow Fox to get into space. While it wasn't always effective, it was flat. It did come up with some good moments. It's just um, can't always be efficient. So you need to work raise around that. Uh, his support running is what's going to help that actually how he is the first one to chase and to support his fellow man, which is really important, um, which is going to... I'm going to talk about another bloke who does that soon. Um, have you watched a lot of Pierre before, though? Or like- no, I haven't watched Khan Pereira play too much. I think I might have caught one game where he played, and he looked pretty decent, but it was it would have been a fairly tightly contested game. Yeah. Um, well, he's... On the tip to make his debut come round one for the Titans this season, so it's going to be. A bit... So, do you think he gets a wing spot at the team? With Marju because... leaving and Corey Thompson retiring, I think so. Because there's other there's people who Sammy. can get that spot. Yeah, there's Sammy, who I think Sammy. I think that their best backline is probably going to be like. You have Jojo and Pereira mm. at the wings eventually. And then you're going to have Sami and Shop in the centres. Uh, you get rid of Patrick Herbert then. Which... Pretty much. Yeah. I don't think that you could really make the argument that he's better than um, Shop. Yeah. You, you could try for Sami, but Sami, he's already played at an origin level. Despite being in a weird year, he's probably one of the better outside backs of the Titans. Yeah, and I think Holbrook like, mentioned something about Kian Pereira saying he's most likely going to be playing round one or something like that. Mm. So I-, I can't wait to see this bloke. Like the- What I've watched of him is very impressive. Uh, yep. If you actually go on the QRL Facebook page, you can see a lot of his highlights. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about you? So that's my second player. Your third player, mate. What, who, what have you got? This one, uh, I'm really excited about this. I don't think he's going to play NRL this year due to the Titans. The Titans' current depth at fullback. Uh, 
This is Jalen the Groot. So he's been playing Hastings Deerings over for the uh, Hastings Deering for the Tweed Head Seagulls. Yeah, uh, that's the Titans feeder club. He is a Titans contracted player. I believe he did play in the NRL trials last year. So it'll be him playing there again, hopefully for the Titans. So some of his strengths that I quite liked were he's got a large frame, so he and he really uses it when he's running. Uh, so he can make some meters and try leg plays open. But most particularly, he's really good uh, from out the back, being a great communicator in attack. You know, he likes to set up those plays, work with his half Tom Weaver, and try and create potent attacking situations. He also does a similar thing in defense, but once again, he's got that large frame that really helps on his kick returns. So the fact that he's got that professionalism mixed with that athleticism is pretty solid and it'll be interesting to see how he develops mostly his large frame and how it lets him you know play make i think the best way to describe him would be kind of a mix of early fullback jack whiten with how he uses his size oh but also he's got the communication of say your clint gutherson's types okay um I haven't watched a lot of him. This is the first time I'm hearing about him, to be honest. But you know I don't watch a lot of Q-Cup. Uh, yeah. Not what? even Q-Cup, but this is Hastings Deer. Yeah, Hastings Deer's Colts. So, under 21. Yeah. So, you, you say you, he partnered Thomas Reaver, which we know uh, Thomas Reaver played under-19's origin last season, last year. Yep. Um. There's a lot of... Well, I've noticed there is a bit of depth for the Titans when it comes to their halves. Of course, you've got Sexton, you've got Tenor Boyd, Brimoth, um Well, DeGroote is a fullback, something I need to make mention of. Okay, he's a fullback. Sorry, that's my mistake. Well, that's probably better because we know that... Okay, so Thorne's probably going to retire maybe after these two years. That's That's what people are saying. Not confirmed... It, um, but you you also do have Campbell and Brimo at full that can play fullback. So with him coming, with the group in for um Hasten Dearings, he does have some time, and I if Campbell does leave uh for any reason, and Fallen leaves, and you have to put Brimo at the five eight position again. Um, you could put the group there, um, but what, what do the Titans really need? Because you say he has that strong body and he likes to ball running. Do they think they need that more ball playing and creativity in that spine, kind of like the Knights? Um, honestly, I think they just need players to be healthy and playing in their best position. Okay. It's a weird scenario for the Titans because it seems like they already have their long-term fullback in J.D. Campbell, but you can never really be hurt by having too many good juniors, I guess. 100%. So it's it's really just going to come down to how well JDG is playing in HDC. Uh, he's going to have to try and knock down a Q-Cup spot before we even think about Titans, but most likely I'm just... I'm excited to watch him play at the Colts level and hopefully if he does play a trial at fullback again for the Titans. So, um, well, 
who are the Titans versus the Trials? Because they they were supposed to play Warriors, but then the flooding happened down in Brizzy mm. uh, last season. But yeah, like, that, like again, this is a great thing. You, you get these blokes that don't have a lot of spotlight on them, and you learn who they are, and you get them interested. So learning about the group, it's going to be. Uh, I'm keen to see him play because you know my favorite Raiders player at the moment is Jack White, and so comparing yeah. comparing him to White and is a bigger deal, all right? Just, just to let yeah. you know. Um, but no, that's. He also wears British Union Jack headgear sometimes, which is like the most Raiders thing anyone can do. <laughs> oh, I'm liking him already. Alright, well... With all this, like, like, that's a good thing about Titans. They have all this youth development. It's about using them correctly, though. Um, because how many feeder clubs do Titans have? Burley? Who else? They've just got Burley and Tweedheads. Okay. And there's like this, um, I don't know if you know, but I got told about this like um, new thing happening with feeder clubs with QRL. Um, Pride and Cutters are no longer with, feet, um, with Cowboys. It's just going to be Blackhawks. And supposedly Broncos and Titans have to make the same. They can only choose one, apparently. Um... I'm not sure on the second part, but I do know that the Cowboys are doing that, where they're just sending... I don't think it's having only the one feeder club. I think that there's still going to be the relationship between the Pride and the Cutters, uh, but it just... it's They're having the NRL players in the same team, yeah. which provides benefit because it means that you're going to have them all playing together. Which is good, but then my issue with it is if you... What about the blokes who miss out like if you play all your NRL blokes what about the blokes who aren't with the Cowboys like do they all like the Titans or the Broncos do they just miss out entirely and what about the blokes uh, with sign with the Cowboys well if they don't get that spot in the one team then you can't go to the other two clubs and get a position and then learn well, they they never really they never really could go to the other clubs either because you as a player you only get assigned the one Q Cup team. Yeah, but that I think that wasn't that the point though. You 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 sent you sent players to clubs to learn and what the clubs needed. So like with um I don't know like Condon going to sit, playing for Mackay Cutters. I don't know if Condon. We played for Mackay Cutter Stone. He was he was a cutter. He was yeah. He, I know he was a cutter, but I don't know if he like actually played for him. He did. Okay. I I I'm on the fence still. I need to learn. I need to know more about it first, and then I can make my proper informed decision. Like what you mentioned, having all the NRL blocks play together. That's my favorite thing about it. But then I'm also like lenient on like the opportunities that are being limited now. Um, it's interesting because I, I, I don't know I, I also heard last year that the QRL was trying to separate like um, the Hot Plus Cup from being just feeder clubs that was uh, in discussion early last season if you didn't know um, but to then make this I it, I think it's a better than 
the aforementioned idea. Um, but then I think it also just introduces why QOL should try to adopt the New South Wales system and have like an SG ball or have mass equivalent in the uh, QRL. Aren't those ones age limited as well? They are, but they're also like under 21s and then above. Like, and I, I think that's what the enticing thing about it is clubs can persuade you to go, oh, if you sign with us, you can go through all this developmental with us. Like, you can be a Penrith Panther all the way through your juniors. Or like, you can be a Newcastle Knight all throughout your juniors. Because I think Harold Matz is something. I just can't remember what age. Mm. I, I, I think they should try and mirror each other, you know. Uh, but unfortunately, we don't have a, a lot of as many Queensland teams as New South Wales. Um, but in saying that, the Warriors are joining the New South uh, the Knock On Effect this year. It'll be nice to see them back. It would be, yeah. I think New Zealand's it had Redcliffe as their feeder team because of the Warriors being based there. But I think that having one in New South Wales Cup for players to develop is going to be great, mm. especially just because it means that Volkman is going to get some consistent footy. And I'm a big fan of Ronald Volkman. Oh, yeah, he's good. He's good, that little fella. Um, was there anything else you'd like to mention about the group? Um no, not really. I think I've said what needs to be said, and I just hope that he gets some time in trials. That's the most important thing, I think, coming into this. You need the, these guys to get some experience in trial matches and see what uh, NRL like, can be at, what the level of NRL is compared to like your Q Cup. Because like, you, like we've said before, there has been some blokes who can't like transfer their success from Q Cup into... Um, NRL. Yep. Um, my third player, though, is actually someone who's already debuted. Uh, it's actually from he's actually from Manly, and that's Ko Weeks. He's twenty years old. He can play. Oh, I like I like this one. Yeah, he can either play fullback or five eight. Uh, he actually played five eight in his SG ball. Uh, in SG ball. Um, but then he's transitioned into more of a fullback. He what sticks out for me for, with Reeks is his support running. He's mm. a ve- he's a very uh, consistent support runner. Uh, special, he's always there. I see. Like whenever someone makes a break, he's the first one there, or he's the first one that gets his hands on the ball after a break is made. But he's kind of like a Tommy Turbo in a way. I feel he. He'll he won't loom around the ruck. He'll go onto an edge, and that's where he'll like in position. That's where he'll be, and then he'll if someone makes a break, that's when he'll uh, chase the ruck. He made his debut against Saint George after the uh, little manly seven incident. Where he played as an outside back, I believe he played as a centre, or somewhere along them, because he didn't play in the halves because there was Thorn and DCE, 
He didn't play fullback because at the time it was Ruben Garrick, so I think it was an outside back. Um, also to mention, he actually played with uh, Cooler throughout uh, his juniors, so like, they've played in mm. every Manly side together, so they have that cohesion with one another. So um, before Cooler got upgraded to A grade, Cooler was the fullback and Weeks was the 5'8 in the Manly team. And then that when Cooler left, Weeks transitioned to the fullback. Um, I know that when I was watching him play 5'8, though, I noticed that he. He was a he was the second receiver, he wasn't the first, so he was kind of like the Kieran Thorne of the B grade side. Um, yeah. What I haven't found yet, and I don't know, like I haven't looked a lot into. It. I've only like I knew weeks from debuting, but. Man, I don't know who's the successor to DC at this point. I like I know DC's got a couple more years left in him, but is there any standouts to succeeding DCE? Uh, I don't know if you knew of anyone in the manly system that could possibly do it, or do they just go and sign someone? Maybe. Um. There's no one that pops out immediately in my head. Um, but there's definitely a few pretty exciting players around Manly. I don't know if whether you'd consider them out and out halfbacks. Uh, off the top of my head, trying to remember his name, but he played between. Because um, Blacktown Workers, the Eagles, is their feeder club in New South Wales Cup. And there was one guy, he was breaking the games open a fair bit. Uh, he can play some halfback. He was playing in fullback at one point, which was pretty impressive, to be honest, to see the fact that he was able to run around more. But he's he's a fairly small fella. I'll just try and get up what his name was at the moment. I can remember... Yeah, Jake Toby. Jake um, Toby, okay. He, I don't... He's 25, so I don't think he's going to be replacing him, but he's the only half I can think of in the Manly system that's overly impressive. But even then, he only played half-back for four games. So, like, yeah. I mean, they got Cooper Johns there. But, like, yeah, I but don't he's see him as not, a... He's not a, like, out-and-half. He's yeah, not like, he's not he's not the guy you're looking for. No, I, I feel like he would be that six you would pair with with DCE. I think he's there if Schuster doesn't do a job. He yeah, he's he's a depth half. Yeah. I wouldn't go looking at him at as a main half option for by any stretch. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's interesting because like there's obviously there's some good, good You've come in through, but we haven't heard a lot about the halves. A lot. It's mostly just been like the outside backs or full backs. Um, it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be interesting. Like, 
because I think DC signed until like the end of 26, 25, something like that. Yeah, he does have a um, pretty extensive contract. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if, C, like if, I don't know how long Seabold will be there, but do alarm bells start ringing if you're a year out from DC's retirement and you got no one that you think could replace him? Well, there's there's going to be halves coming onto the market, so I don't think it's like full alarm bell stage. Yeah. Well, this is if they choose to go to the developmental route, like someone in their system already. And also, who's who's on the market at that time? Liz, you're not even... By the time that Ducey's contract ends, I don't even think you're allowed to be negotiating for that period yet. So it's probably going to come under more spotlight around November, assuming that players don't re-sign or renew their current yeah. deals. I'm, 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 assuming... I'm actually tempted to see when his contract ends. Um, oh! Here we go. He is signed until. Where is he? The end of 25. Yeah, so that's. We still got another year until contracts start to be talked about. It's going to be about November in 2024 so november next year yeah so we've got just under two years before we start looking at you know the point at which they start looking at guys yeah 100 percent. it's it's just like an interesting little tad detail that no one has thought about yet or like mentioned yet um because i know people have always started mentioning like his replacement for origin that being sam walker but that's another kettle of fish that we'll talk about in a later episode. Um, alrighty, we're gonna keep trotting along. So your fourth person, who do you got, mate? My fourth player, uh, we have Sue Wong from the Sue Wong is over at the Sue Wong. Sorry, just checking that my mic's still working. He's from the Sydney Roosters. Okay. Um, he played 10 New South Wales Cup games. He scored three tries. Uh, his main position is as a second rower. He also is a pretty big body. Um, can't get the exact numbers at the moment, but he played all of his games for 80 minutes. Holy. He was playing in second rower. That's, so, like, that's all 10 appearances. All 10 appearances. He started in round 16. He played every game until round 26, playing 80 minutes. Um, he cracked 100 meters in six of those games. One of those games had running for 178. Oof, uh, that's a lot he for made, a second row up. In it, Yep, in his last game, he made 43 tackles. So he's a tough workhorse of a second rower, and he's pretty big. So hopefully we see him play for Sydney at some point uh, in order to be able to develop his game, provide some impact, hopefully off the bench. What level is he at at the moment? Like Howard Matz, SG Ball, 
I don't like. He's New, New South Wales Cup. Okay, so... like he played his last ten games in New South Wales Cup. Okay. Oh yeah, you did mention that. I was just checking like to see if he was like brought up from like one of the other systems. Okay. Like, how old is he? Did you say? Uh, I believe he's nineteen, twenty, somewhere around there. Okay, so he's still got like a little bit, and I don't like. With the Roosters currently, with their squad, they have like. He's currently nineteen, born okay. in two thousand three. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And like the Roosters currently, they have a big squad, and uh, they have really good second rowers. Like they got Tupanua, Crichton, uh, Nat Butcher. So they got those three blokes. Um, of course, Crichton usually plays Origin. Uh, he plays. He played with Australia this year, so that's when Nat Butcher comes into the squad. Um, did was it the Roosters that made the grand final for New South Wales Cup this season with Penrith? Or was that just the uh, SG Ball side? No, it I was think doggies. it would have been SG Ball. Yeah, it was Doggies who made New South Wales Cup. Yeah, just want to add some more things on Sue Wong. Uh, he made his debut for Fiji in the World Cup. He's Born in key, born in New Zealand, but he weighs 107 kilos and oh, wow. is 189 centimeters tall. So he is. When I say he's massive, like he's pretty big. Yeah. Did he start for Fiji or was he on the bench? Uh, I'm pretty sure he was a bench player. Okay. Because Fiji also had kick out in the race. So yeah. How do you spell his first name? S I U A. S-I-U-A-W-O-N-R-L. I'm going to see what this book looks like. He's massive. Oh, yeah, he's he's tall. Holy shit. Yep. Absolute unit. Well, I think he played in the trial match last season, did he not? Against Canberra? He might have. Uh... Oh, you know who's another good second rower that's looking promising? Who? Freddie's son. You see? Yeah, he does seem pretty decent. He's massive. He tore that Queensland side apart, man. Oh, my God. Um. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Yeah, yeah. Roosters just seem to get, like, all the quality second rowers at times, eh? Yeah, they do have some pretty impressive um, youth players at the moment. Um, look, like, looking at the Bears, so he plays for Bears, I would, yep. um, how do they, how are they looking? Because I know they lost Volkman, who was a pivotal, pivotal player with the, his playmaking. How are they looking now, though? They've still got some quality around their side with Sin and Smith, who we'll talk about a bit. Yep. But they've also got Siwa Wong. Um, they're, they're still a decent team. They're still good opposition. Thing. I'm not sure if he's going to play for them, but I know that Guy Hamilton was on a training trial with the Roosters, and there's a chance he might play for North Sydney. Uh, Guy Hamilton basically was absolutely tearing up Queensland Cup. He had like 30, over 30 try assists or something stupid. Holy so crap. It, yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was insane. Wow. Let's go on to my fourth bloke. And I think you're going to be really familiar with this bloke. This is Jonah Glover. He plays for Brisbane Tigers. He's currently 20 years old. And his big accomplishment is actually he's the Hastings Deering Colts Player of the Year. 
He currently plays 5'8 for half, so he's in that half position. And watching him was interesting. And it reminded me a lot of DCE. And I think one of the first things that comes to mind when you do DCE, his kicking game and his cutout to his outside center. Yep. Uh, which he does a lot of. His kicking game was phenomenal. Uh, he did a lot of for, his 40-20s this season with uh, Glover. He did a lot of them. And he also was able to build a lot of momentum off his kicks. Um, while, and like DCE, he does do, like doing a short pass to his second rower. Now, the interesting thing about Glover was that he switched between half and 5'8 constantly throughout the season. I don't know why that happened. I just know it occurred. Um, but a thing that also helps Glover is he's actually got a really good running game too. He's not afraid to run the ball, unlike DCE. Uh, there was a try he scored against Tweed, I think it was. Um... He got it from dummy half, and he just ran the ran like four, 60 meters, and he broke like two tackles from the blokes. He was like his running game when he's on is really good, um, mm. and you'll see that he'll hold the ball. So when he's running, he'll hold like he'll hold the ball like he's holding out for a pass, and it's you'll see a lot of halves do it like digging into the line. But when you have a second, like when he uses the short pass multiple times with his second rower, that's when he'll hold the ball and just go through. He won't stop. He'll just go through. Um, he There's also a good interview of him on the QRL website uh, about him winning the Hexington Colts Player of the Year, which I would recommend watching if you haven't already, Jacob. But... Just looking at it, he's a he's also a goal kicker. He kicks conversions. Um, he's I don't know where he's I don't know if he's signed with anyone. All I know is that he's with the Brisbane Tigers. Um, but, They're a Storm affiliate club, so you'd think that he's on their radar. Oh really? Okay. Wow, just adding another bloke to their amazing depth already. Holy shit! Yep. Excuse me. What I... All I will mention, though... I, I was thinking, like, what what teams currently need, like, a dominant kicking, ball-running half? And I'm, I'm thinking... And I didn't come up with a big conclusion. Like, my, I came up with maybe the dogs, but I still want to see how Flanagan goes. Um, was there anyone that you thought that could help with like a, a half that could help with his, their kicking and their ball running maybe Tigers if Brooksy if they ever let go of Brooksy which I doubt will happen uh, Dogs Tigers um, I would I would go as far as possibly saying the Knights pending on Hastings Yeah. Um, honestly pretty much just Anyone really? I'd even say maybe the Titans. It depends how well Tanner Boyd plays. Uh, I quite like Tanner Boyd, but he, you know, we will have to see how they go. 
Well, that's also the um, Rockham luxury that comes with Glover, that he can also play 5-8. Yeah. So he can switch between the two roles. Um, he's kind of like a... Oh, no, nah, I won't compare him to Dearden, because Dearden didn't also kick a lot when he played. But, um, like, like you said... He could maybe go to Titans if he, they need someone, if Boyd doesn't do his job. Um, with Doggies, I know they're going to, like like we said, try and stick with Flanagan. Don't change that half-back position. It's going to be interesting to see how he goes. Um, but that's all really I've got to say about Glover. Who is your final person, mate? Who is your final rookie you want to talk about in this episode? My final rookie that I'm going to talk about is also another Roosters player, and that is Sandon Smith. You're excited uh, for this one, I know. I Yeah, I'm very excited for this one. I've watched him a few times in New South Wales Cup. He, he throws a very nice pass. He can run the ball, but he is mostly an out-and-out organizing seven. Um, his kicking game, especially his short kicking game, is absolutely marvelous. Absolutely love how low he hits the ball on his grubbers, which really creates that shape on the ball, which is, you know, it's really important in terms of being able to control it and make sure that it doesn't go out of bounds, but also gives you that margin of error and being able to curve it back to your own players. But the benefits of kicking, it's something I can speak about in my own time. So he played 23 games at a New South Wales Cup level. He had 23 try assists. 26 line break assists and he forced 12 dropouts so he had a really impressive output obviously he was playing in a team that was winning a lot of games because you take a look and he's had 14 wins from 26 rounds which is you know it's pretty decent um how many games did you say he played sorry uh, I believe he played 23 of them and won 14 of them. So, so he got a try, pretty decent win rate. He got a try involvement every game. Yep. That's, uh, a try assist, that is. Yeah, like a try involvement. but that's Try involvements and try assists are different statistics. Okay. But like having a try assist every game, like on average, is just wow. Like... Did he score any tries this year? Uh, yeah, he scored five, four of them. Okay. So you can see he's definitely a guy that sets tries up as opposed to scoring them. So like I said, now now it's seven, but he's very creative. Uh, his kicking game is fantastic, and it's a great way that he uses it to create. So he's something that's very exciting. However, I do wonder... I do wonder what life looks for him at the Roosters in that current system because they've mm. got Sam Walker, who is their current out-and-out seven, and he is he is a brilliant player. Um, you don't throw out Sam Walker for Sandon Smith. You don't want him to play six because he can't use his... He can't really use his best abilities there. It'd be a bit of a waste. So it'll be really fascinating to see just how the next few years looks for him. Well, then I asked the question, who, which half needs a, um, which team needs a half? But, like, how old is he, did you say? He's, like, 19, you said? 
1920. Uh, he's, he's around the 20 to 21 benchmark. It's harder to find his exact age, but he was playing in um, the level below New South Wales Cup. Okay. Just, I think he was playing SG Ball or something just last year, so he's obviously pretty young. Well, he's still got time to develop and he's still got time to grow. And like like we've said, a lot of these blokes won't get a position in the top 17 for a little bit, at least. Um, ex- excluding, like, two, I think. Uh, that being Kian Pereira and Isaiah Katawa. What I would like to mention about this, you got to remember how hard it is to get into an NRL. But, like, also adding to the depth, like a top 30 squad. Teams need to, fit, need to fill out a top 30 squad every year at least. Um, and at the current time, there is a bit of depth into the Roosters. Like, you got Hutchinson, I think. Like, the first one I go to, when you want to fill out a spine spot, like, that isn't a fullback, you want to go Hutchinson to fill it out. Hutchinson being the four, like the regular 14, I would say. Like, he's played hooker, he's played halfback, he's played centre. So he's a out-and-out utility for the Roosters. Um, so you'd have him, but, like, what if, like, injuries take a toll uh, with Kiri or Walker does end up playing Origin? What what do you do there? Like, who do you put in the halves? Well, if Guy, Guy Hamilton, if he ends up getting a spot, they'd probably look at putting him in. Um, for those at home, including me, who's Guy Hamilton, sorry? Uh, he's going to be playing at the Bears. He also absolutely torched Queensland Cup over the past year. Like, he's the one that I spoke about who had, like, stupid amounts of try assists. Oh, um, yes, yeah. Yeah, he, he had 28 this year from 22 games. Wow. And on top of that was the 19 force dropouts. Uh, so he was, like, when I say he was torching the league, he was, like, Torching, torching. Holy shit. 19 force dropouts. That's yeah, on top, on top of everything else. So the 28 try assists. Mate, you, I don't know how much you love Sexton and his goal dropouts. You would have been creaming in your pants when you saw Guy Hamilton play. Oh, uh, 19 is alright. I mean, it's, Sexton had more than that at an NRL level. Yeah. But it's it was more the twenty eight try assists. Yeah, that is, is like holy shit, a ridiculous level of output for Burley. So he does have his page set up on North Sydney. So it'll be interesting to see whether he is signed there or not. I'll have to check if there's any announcements. But if he is, then the Roosters that's definitely going to be the direction they go in. Great pickup by uh, North. At least Sydney. I'd hope so. Yeah, well, he's an amazing player. Yeah, right. Wow, that's... I can't believe it. 28 triasis. What the fuck? Yep. Because what, what was... Walker set a record in 2021. I can't remember what it was. It was a, a, something ridiculous. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was It was like high 20s or like early 30s, but wow, it was a lot. All right. Oh, Cody Walker. Yeah, Cody Walker, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Cody Walker, his 2021 season was... I'll get it up now. There was something else, because the bloody um 
the rules. The way that the league was that way, yeah, with the rules. It was guys were just doing whatever they wanted in attack. Yeah, he had 33. Holy fuck. So for comparison, 28 is pretty impressive. It is also a lower level of competition, though. That, yeah, that's But true. yeah, that's... Anyways, that's Guy Hamilton, but Sandon Smith is the main focus, and he... Obviously, we spoke about what he did and with his statistics, and it's pretty impressive, too, for his age. Mm. He should improve this year, and if he does, then that's fantastic news for the Roosters' halves depth, but it'll also be interesting to see whether they actually are able to play him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got one more, and that's my fifth fifth pick. Now, we've spoken about him last week. Uh, he's a bloke that I'm really excited to see more of, and that's Trey Mooney. Ooh, uh, good pick. Under-19's origin player for the Blues. Absolutely killed it. Uh, he's played major. He played, I believe it was 20... No, he played 16 games for New South Wales Cup, scoring five tries. The good thing about Trey Mooney here was that he played a major in the, every single forward position except hooker. He played lock, he played second row, he played prop. So he has that versatility where we need him. Uh, in some games, he played for 60 minutes plus. Mm. That Like, that's at prop, that's at, like, at prop and lock too. So he's got that stamina. My big... F- so he, the thing about Trey is that he isn't going to be your ball-playing lock. He isn't going to be your ball-playing prop. He's going to try and shift the ball around. He's going to he's going to take hit ups, and that's what he's designed to do. He's a big body. I don't have um, his weight or height like you do, but he he's certainly solid, and he's got that aggressive tendency in him. I I think we see Trey play more NRL. He made his debut last year against the Chooks come Origin Round One. So I think he could probably get a bench spot with uh, Ryan Sutton leaving and Corey Harrow and Naira possibly playing starting lock. Uh, opens up at least maybe one or two bench spots. Mm. Um, so he takes about nine hit-ups a game and he averages 99 metres per game. So Impressive. Yeah, impressive. Like, you want your forwards... Like, where would you say the aim is for a forward to get in run meters? Depends whereabouts in the forwards they're playing. Well, he played majority second row. Yeah, so 100 is pretty solid in that respect. Um, He only, like, his last game he played for seven minutes, and that's when he came off the bench, I think. Or, like, he got, I think he got injured. Hmm. Um... He he's my pick for rookie rookie of the year for Canberra. Um, I'd like to see more of him. He he's also the guy that shadow boxed and Cooper Cronk imitated. Uh, <laughs> not sure if Cronk wants to actually shadow box the dude, but you know probably wouldn't. Um, but yeah, I like, there's not a lot about Trey. He's, of course, he's made New South Wales uh, before. He's a solid defender. Uh, he's got 94.54 tackle efficiency, which is all right. Impressive. Impressive, yeah. Um, he made something like 667 tackles. I, f- 
Wow. Yeah. So, he's a workhorse. He'll get through it. Um, no, but what I like about this is his versatility. I think he's a great bench prop, a great bench person for the camber this year. But you don't know what's mm. going to happen with that uh, forward pack in the uh, second row and lock position. Um, yeah. We know that Hudson Young will definitely stick to that second row, but we yeah. don't know who will be playing lock. It's not confirmed. We got a couple ideas, but um, after adding it, Adam Elliott has left, it, that spot has opened up. Uh, so I think it's either Koyahara Naira or Smell Elliott Whitehead. Um, you don't think that Horsburgh takes it? I don't think Horsburgh takes it, no. I think he's better coming off the bench. Yeah, yeah. but he Ricky has shown a propensity to play him in that position. That, that is true, yeah. I I like Koyahara in our second row because of his line running. I also like Smell in there because Smell, when Koyahara and I got subbed on, Smell went to lock to replace Adam Elliott, subbing off. So he's got mm. that he's got that time there. Um, yep. I the only thing I want to see from Trey this year is like like be aggressive, like coming off the bench. Like he'll probably like Papa Papa Lee, he plays around for, for roughly forty minutes. Um so he plays he gets off twenty minutes before half time and then he'll get on somewhat after half time. So within that area where probably he's off or Tarpany's off, Trey needs to do a job and that's to like uh ensure that there is no holes left once they hop off the field to have a rest. Um he has proven it. He did score five tries last season um, in at the second row. So even if like Hudson or Corey need to come off, he can fit in that spot there. Um, I'm not sure about his line running though. I think he's going to be a better ball carrier than he's going to be a line runner. If you know what I mean by that, like he won't. Yep. Yeah, he won't run a line in a play. He'll just take a hit up or smash through the bloke, the smallest bloke he can see. But I, I'm I'm interested in seeing more Trey this season, and I hope I can get uh, a bit more time to watch these Q Cup, these Q Cup games and New South Wales Cup games. Um, what, from what you've seen of Trey, what do you like about him, though? It's massive. He, yeah, he's massive. He runs the ball hard. You can kind of just wind him up and watch him go, really. He's like one of those um, rind-up toy boxes that pop out. Like, you just keep running them up, and then he'll surprise you on how fast, and he'll come out. Um, he, that's Trey, to me. Yep, he's tremendous athlete. He's just absolute beast. It's as simple as that. Yeah. It's, you know, Ricky... He'll, he'll milk up the forward pack whenever he wants to, so it'll be interesting to see if Trey does get a spot in the 17 at all this year. Um, could probably play a bit more uh, New South Wales Cup, I would say. Just for a little bit longer. 
uh, and we'll see how he goes, if, if we do need that bench spot. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got for my top five. Was there anything you'd like to add, mate? Um, not particularly, to be honest. I think I'm just excited for the footy to start. Mate, we've, we don't got long. Like, the 11th of Feb is when the All-Stars game kicks off. So, be on the lookout. So close. Yeah. I don't know when teams get announced, but I can't wait. I was looking at the dates yesterday, and I'm like, ooh, let's trot, let's go. Footy's nearly back. So close. I'm going to remember find... it's exciting times because I remember that was when Nico Hines played in the halves and he looked pretty good with his kicking. I had a good feeling watching him. Oh, and yeah. now we get to see the who's who all over again. Tapane, he also stepped up heaps and obviously went on to have a pretty big season. Yeah. So we'll definitely see, like, this is the first big chance to see the big hitters and who has evolved or who has devolved over the off-season. Uh, of course, there's only yeah. one game, so we probably won't see big names like Trell, Cody Walker, or Manu like we did last year. Like, they didn't play last year. Um, yeah. It's also in New Zealand this year, so we're going to have a big turnout for Māori supporters. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. That's probably going to be one of my favourite yeah. parts. What I love is when um, the traditional war dances, or uh, I love that culture. I love the culture aspect of it, so I'm very... Excited to see that again. Yeah, same. It's always one of the best parts of the game. Yeah. And I think it'll be exciting because the next time we do an episode, we might be able to do a preview for it with the team lists. 100%. Uh, hopefully they come out. Uh, if not, I'm sure I'll have something planned up my sleeve. Um, but this is also a good time to mention that next week, next week Tuesday, the SRL is officially back for Season 5. Uh, the first yeah, game. Exciting. Oh, mate. First game, Parramatta versus the new Newcastle Knights. Uh, you can also check out a preview on the SRL YouTube channel. Uh, just search up Simulated Rugby League and you can find the trailer for Season 5. It's a Matt Nabel-esque uh, video. And I, I do love my Matt Nabel videos. So, uh, you have to. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. I can't wait for this season. It's going to be interesting what they do. Uh, especially with round one coming up um you're versing canberra by the way i think i think so yeah and uh, i'm vers- the grand finalists so it'll be interesting to test what we're able to do i've got the wooden spooners in the broncos so um a new a new form broncos a new form broncos a bit scary i must say so hopefully we get a job done uh, if you haven't joined the SRL already, uh, head over to our Instagram or their Instagram on the SRL. You'll have a link in their bio to join the server and you can create your player today as the mines are also kicking off very soon. But with that, Jacob, what do we love, mate? We love our footy. We love our footy. Thanks, everyone.